I, <clears throat> I don't know whether it came from Glen or from this congregation or elsewhere, but since the beginning of this year, there have been, there's been a phrase which has kind of bent itself into my heart. And uh, I really have wanted to share it and work this one out this morning. Some others of you may have also been thinking it through. But the phrase is, set your heart to seek my face. And so that's exactly what I've been trying to do. As we've gone through the various movements of, of liberty this year, the thinking about where we're going, what we're doing, what we should look like. I've been thinking a lot about this. Set your heart to seek his face. When we, uh, when we are asked to set our heart on something, it is something we have to decide to do. My great fear is that Sunday by Sunday, we hear teaching here in Liberty. And I ask myself the question, is this just lovely thinking? Or are we committed to actually doing what the Lord is asking us to do? Um, Liberty has been seeking to know what the Lord's purpose and plan for it is. And to do that... We can't just go away with kind of vague ideas in our minds. We're asked actually to take into our own obedience as disciples of Jesus what he wants of us. In other words, it's got to be factual, it's got to be hard, it's got to be discipleship. And that, I think, is what is meant, first of all, by set your mind. Set your mind requires a decision. I can't just say set your mind. It's a lovely thought, isn't it? How do you set your mind? It's got to be a specific decision that we make. It's rather like being saved. I remember the guy who, uh, who led me to Jesus who gave me the facts, taught me what, uh, or, or told me what was required of me to be saved, and then said, okay, I'm going to give you 10 minutes to make up your mind, and he left the room. And I suddenly realized I'm actually asked, being asked to make a decision. I can't just say, well, that was lovely, a lovely story, all that about, uh, about Jesus dying on the cross for me, great, I've, I'd understood something of that already, but he was saying to me, you've got to decide. And uh, it's rather like that with setting your heart. You've got to decide, am I going to set my heart to seek his face? Is this, is this a deliberate decision on my part that that's now what I will do. At the beginning of this, of this year, 
I came to the conclusion that that's what I had to do. The phrase I've heard often enough, but now I've got to decide to set my mind to seek his face. So I started looking out for uh, what it meant to seek his face. And I began to take into mind all the things that Glenn has been leading us through in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. After all, that's what the Lord was putting before me every time I came to liberty, was looking to this man on Acts 2, 42. And I find myself saying, yes, that's a starting point. Um, the word of God, if I'm going to seek his face, the apostles' teaching is priority. That is the New Testament. So I began to take my, my quiet times more seriously. This is what the New Testament is teaching me. This is what I'm reading in the Gospel and the Epistle. Am I doing it? Or is it something I've known for a long time? Is it, uh, is it just lovely teachings, miracles of the Lord and all that? Or am I conforming myself to what God is saying to me by his Holy Spirit? And I want to start at that point. If we're going to seek his face, what is the status of your reading of God's word, I hope, day by day? Is it just thoughts? Or are you saying, Lord, I want to conform to your purpose and to your will? Because I, I will never... Seek his face if I don't do that. I'll never know what, what Jesus is like unless I have the testimony of those who lived with Jesus and who walked with Jesus. And then it's got to be real. He talked about the fellowship. If I want really to seek the face of Jesus, I'm going to have to do it amongst you lot, right? Because you're his people. You're people who are, or meant to be, reflecting Jesus to those amongst whom you live. Reflecting Jesus to me. And thank you for it. Thank you very much for it, for the reflection of Jesus that I have received in this fellowship of which God in his mercy has made me a part. Now, thank you for that. If we're going to take this seriously, we've got to take this, this fellowship seriously and our part in it. Um, Glenn spoke about the Holy... Uh, the. Uh, the breaking of bread, and that's the, the um, apostles' testimony, the fellowship, the breaking of the bread. Uh, that's important. 
It really is important. We do it sometimes, we do it, and I hope we're going to do it too today. We are. Um, it takes me back to the cross. If I am going to seek his face, I've got to look at the cross. Because that's where his face is. That's where his love is. That's where he reaches out to me. That's my salvation as it is yours. Our communion services are not just extra bits tacked on at the end. They're actually central to the holding of us together in a single fellowship. That cross is the cross on which I was saved. It's the cross on which you were saved. And that's important if I'm going to seek his face. And the prayers. How much are we praying together? How, what is your life group look like? What are we doing in our life groups? That's part of the fellowship. The fellowship just isn't in the scout hall on a Sunday. The, the fellowship is also there in, in the house group. And the prayer is important. I'm seeking his face. I'm really wanting to set my heart to seek his face. I want to see, Jesus, what you look like. We've been singing, he's beautiful. Is he beautiful to you? I mean, there's all lovely words all about, about the, uh, the sunrise and the sunset. And the, but how beautiful is Jesus to you? Is he a is he setting you to see him as he is? Is he changing you from within? Is he cleansing you? Is he restoring you? Is he just lovely to look at and wonderful to go out and serve? All these things. But as I thought about it over the course of this year, I've discovered that this is leading me into new experiences. And there are just three that I want to share with you today. And uh, one of them is... Sorry, this is a bit low thing. Thanks, Seth. Thanks. Wherever seek his face is used in scripture, the lovely expression, I find always it is used in a context of opposition. If you're going to live in the uh, teaching of the apostles, the fellowship, breaking of the bread and the prayers at some point or another you're going to run into trouble it's exactly what happened to to the apostles and if we haven't run into trouble perhaps we need to sit down and look at our lives 
Because this Christian faith which we claim is not the way the world works. The world is doing something totally different. It's speaking a different language. It's going in a different direction. It is not our friend. Are, are you with me? And therefore, if we are going to be committed to Jesus, we are going to run into, the, in, into trouble. Psalm 27, if you've got your Bibles. Psalm 27 and verse 7. Hear my voice when I call, says the psalmist. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, will I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. That, those are the words of a person who's in trouble. And yet right in the heart of it is, my heart says of you, seek his face. Sometimes the, uh, the, uh, the opposition that we're facing comes from within. It's, it's my own natural sinfulness. I want to do things which are not what the Lord wants me to do. I find myself doing things that I should not be doing and not doing things that I should be doing. And that also is a way of seeking the Lord. If I'm going to seek the Lord, seek his face, it's going to be from conflict. The Lord shows us his face when we're up against it. But sometimes the conflict comes from the world out there. I've just mentioned. The world wants us to talk its language. And we do so terribly easily. I want to set my heart to seek his face. Then, Lord, I need to be protected just as this man is asking. Please watch over me. Hear me when I cry. I'm coming to you. And what happens? The Lord shows me his face. I'm not surprised that James says, count it all joy when you fall into different, and my Bible says temptations, but that's not what the word means. It means trials. When you run into difficulty, Rejoice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, because this is the context in which I can see your face. So please, when you are 
running into trouble, that is the time for thanksgiving. That is the time for saying, yes, this is where I ought to be. I don't like it very much. It's an opposition, but this is where I have to be if I'm going to see his face. If I'm going to be transformed. Sorry, we're having chaos this morning. But I'm counting it all joy. Rejoicing in the Lord. And if I'm going to... Goodness, I think I need this. <laughs> if I'm finding myself having to move against the current, as it were, I found that it led me to a second conclusion and a place where I could seek the Lord's face. And that was in penitence. Lord, this is difficult. This is, uh, this is not where I ought to be. I need to come before you with sorrow also. Rejoicing in that I'm where I'm ought to be, but there is also sorrow. Now, I don't know how good we are at penitence. I don't think we, I wonder even if we know what penitence is. But it is something which I believe is essential to a growing Christian discipleship. And it's a place in which once again, I see the Lord's face. If I'm coming, acknowledging the sinfulness which I reflect, I'm coming to a God who wants to show himself to me. And what is penitence? First of all, penitence is acknowledging my own sinfulness. Yes, I'm forgiven, certainly. But precisely because I'm forgiven, I had something to forgive. And so do we all. Just let's be honest about it. We are not pure, sublime saints. Every one of us is fighting something inside us. And we need to acknowledge that. So first of all then, I have to acknowledge my own sinfulness. Secondly, I need therefore to express regret. I'm sorry, Lord, that I am as I am. I'm sorry, Lord, that I have I've done this or haven't done that. I need to say it. And I don't think we're terribly good at this. We want to look the other way. We want to pretend that it isn't so. And I believe that we, the fact of the cross 
doesn't mean that we pretend that we're what we're not. I needed to be saved. And the mere fact that I needed to be saved was an indication that I was not what I should have been. Right? Or as, or as Glenn would say, yes. <laughs> Thirdly, I need to ask forgiveness. How good are you at that? Yes, Lord, this is, this is who I am. This is how I am. I've done it again. I need to be forgiven. I need to come to you. I am forgiven, but continually I need to move on into new forgiveness. And then I've got to commit myself, fourthly, to not repeating what I have done or what I have failed to do. I honestly believe that this is part of our growing holy. This is seeking his face. And the Lord shows us his face precisely when we come to him with honesty and integrity. This is not theory. Set your heart, decision, to seek his face. Lord, I want to see you. And once see you, I need to say who I am. Penitence. The context of, 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 of opposition, I will see his face. In the context of penitence, I will see his face. And in the course of this year, I've discovered this more and more, that when I do take time off to do that, I'm beginning to see his face. And that leads to the third point that I want to make this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you very, very much. Psalm 105. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. And I've just, I'm, I'm still on the way. This is an incomplete work. But I'm finding that I'm still on the way, that I'm coming out of a fellowship such as this. I'm moving to discover that to be in a fellowship like this and to seek the Lord's will, I'm running into trouble. I'm running into trouble with the world I live in I'm running into trouble with the things that are in me, myself. Temptation 
is not the monopoly of the young. I'm running into trouble myself and I'm seeking the Lord's face. I'm finding that that opposition leads to the need for me to be honest with God. And guys, I'm, I'm asking that quite seriously. It's not words. Being honest with God means precisely that. Taking God seriously. Lord, look at me and, and recognize who I am. I need forgiveness. Goodness, I need forgiveness. He smiles on that, you know. He smiles on the person who is honest. Yes, Lord, I am a liar. I am a thief. I do have improper thoughts. I really need forgiveness and I need to be restored. And then I need to come and say, thank you, Lord. And it's in that, I think, that I'm beginning to move forward. What the next stage is in, in seeking his face, I don't know. Is it the kind of worship we've had to stand before God and sing the eternal song, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God, as we sang this morning? Is it to carry that in my heart and you in yours? Is it a commitment, a life commitment, that this is the way you're going to go out there and live? Set your heart to seek his face. Set your heart, please. Father, just commit ourselves to you in a real desire to see how beautiful you are. real desire to know you, to serve you, to be able to listen to you, to hear you, to say, where are you leading me, Lord? Where are you leading us? Where are you taking us? Please grant us to be of one mind. Please help us to see what you want of liberty. Lord, we live in a world of sinfulness. We live in a world of people who need to be saved. And we want us to be used by your Spirit to save men and women, to build them up into Christ as you build us up into Christ. Lord, please make us useful. Please take us. Please build us up in you. Thank you, Lord. We're going to 
end with communion just as the reminder of, of that central point, the cross. What is it that brings us all together? It is that we have found salvation in Jesus. And uh, we're going to do it this morning, not in groups, but in, in the entirety. And I want you, as you take the bread and the wine, to be aware, not just of the group around you, but of the whole of us. Making, committed to making an impact on the world in which we live, where you work, where you live, these are the areas of your ministry. I've said it and I say it again. Perhaps the most important part of our fellowship together is that back door. Because when we're over, we go out of that back door to be the church. To be God's messengers in the world. To change the situation in which we live. This is a country in a bad shape. And perhaps it's in a bad shape often because, because Christians are just not being what they ought to be. We are God's emissaries to the world. We're not just a bunch of holy people warming a few seats. We're intended by God to make a difference. Are we making a difference in the Hildeberg? There are enough of us to do that. So, I wonder if somebody, Glenn, could bring those forward. We don't go back and grab. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to come forward. Normally we say we go back. I don't want us to go back. I want us to come forward in company with one another. So we're coming forward, we're aware of the other people around us. We become aware of who we are. So would you come forward then and take bread and the cup and then return to your seat, please. We are the people of God in this place. The Lord lays upon us the responsibility for obedience as his witnesses in the world out into which we are going. We're standing at the foot of the cross, Jesus who makes us one in him to be his witnesses. And he did it when he took our sins upon himself. And he said, this is my body, which was given for you. Take and eat this in the fellowship of his people, in remembrance of me. The life is in the blood. I give my life for you. Take this.
and remember that I shed my blood for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the reality of salvation. Thank you that you make us one. You unite us together in your body and blood. You empower us to serve you. So pour your spirit upon us now, please. Lord, we, liberty, your people, ask please to be empowered now to speak of the cross, to bear witness to it in our families, in our places of work, wherever we are. Please use us for Jesus' sake. Amen.